blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Now, this world adds plenty of sorrow, but the blessings of the Lord makes rich, wealthy, abundant, and adds no sorrow. Praise God. We're going to, I want you to turn with me today the book, to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Let our youngins get out to kids' church. Book of Hebrews chapter 10. We've been talking a lot about emotional fullness, and that's what God has promised us in the Word of God, that we, we uh, you know, uh, Romans chapter 8 talks about the spiritual mind and the carnal mind, the difference between the spiritual mind. The carnal mind is death, the spiritual mind is life and peace. And to understand that, we, we, it, it's really difficult for people to understand how to make that transition because we don't know how to separate our thoughts. We, we feel like our thoughts are us. And when, when, you're, when you buy into that, that I think, therefore I am, then you're going to struggle with that. You're going to struggle with life. You're going to struggle with everything because your, your brain... Your mind will uh, latch on to things, and, and, and you'll. Um, a lot of times we, we have the problem of circular thinking instead of linear thinking. Circular thinking is where you, you think and feel, think and feel, think and feel, think and feel about the same thing over and over and over. Linear thinking is where you think, feel, choose. Whole different thing. Matter of fact, uh, Carolyn Leaf, a, a cognitive uh, scientist, says that we, are actually, we actually have the capacity of human beings to, to do that every 10 seconds in our life. Think, feel, choose. Think, feel, choose. But most of us don't do that. Most of us think, feel, think, feel, think, feel, think, feel. And we never get to the choose part. Therefore, we constantly cycle. We, 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 we recycle things. When you don't make a choice, you're, you're going to recycle whatever you didn't make a choice about. And Christianity is all about choices. We make choices. We don't just think about things. We don't think about how I feel about things. We make choices. And we let the choices be based on the Word of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And then we discipline ourselves to abide by the choices, not by the thoughts. Thoughts are deceptive. Thinking... How, don't raise your hand, but how many how many overthink things? You you overthink it. You you lock onto something and and something that should be a simple decision. You you overthink it. You think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. You go down every scenario that could ever be possible. You you weigh it out, and then then when you do try to make a decision, then you're afraid you're making the wrong decision, so you rethink it again. That kind, of, that kind of thinking uh, leads to mental instability, and it mean, leads to emotional instability, and it leads to life instability, because choices is what makes our life happen. And when you look back over your life, you can literally watch a pattern of choices. You can see a pattern of choices that you make. We make a lot of choices, and those choices is what 
gave us what we have today as life, whether they were bad choices or whether they were good choices. This is where we're at because of the choices we made. A lot of people today like to blame somebody. Well, I'm where I'm at because this person or that happened or this circumstances, but actually it's how we react to things and the choices we make in that is, is what, I mean, even bad devastating circumstances uh, can, can cause you to be uh, advanced in life if we make the proper choices in that situation. But if we don't have the discipline in our mind, if we don't have the Holy Spirit helping us to make those choices, make them proper, and then stick with them, then, you know, we're always going to be wondering if you made the right decision, and you're never going to feel like you belong where you're at. Amen. I think somebody needs to grab hold of that word right there and, and take it to heart because you don't, you don't feel like you belong where you're at. And when you don't feel like you belong where you're at, it's because you've never made, you've never taken the, the discipline upon yourself to make those choices. You leave it in the hands of others. You leave it in the hands of, of life. You just, you let life just run you and run over you and dictate to you what, what's going to happen. And granted, there are a lot of things in this life that is out of our control. But yet, in, even in those situations, we are making decisions and making choices and those choices have to be based on something. You know, several years ago, when I was younger, I, I had it in my head that I was gonna uh, I was gonna live in Texas. That's just where I was gonna go. I I wanted to go to Texas. Why? I don't know. I, I think it's because I saw a license plate one time on a pickup, and the license plate said Texas truck, and I thought I I want my truck to say Texas truck on the license plate. <laughs> <laughs> but I was working in, in Oklahoma, in oil fields in Oklahoma, and making good money, had, had a great job working for Al Halliburton Oil Well Servicing, and, and um, was looking at different options at that time. Actually had the opportunity to uh, uh, go over in the Middle East and, and work on a ship. Um, can't remember what body of water it was. It was right, right by uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, uh, Kuwait, somewhere in that area. And going to be, I could make great money. I mean, back then, this is in the early 80s, and I would be making almost 100000 a year working on this ship, uh, maintaining oil wells for Halliburton with a whole bunch of other guys, this big, huge ship, and we would do everything. We would see me and frag them, acidize them all. Everything that, that you can do would be off this ship, but I would have to live there, live on the ship for three months, and then I would be off for three months, come back home for three months, live on the ship for three months. And so I was debating all that and finally made a decision that, that I couldn't do that, even though the money was, was, was going to be great. And the reason I made that decision is because I couldn't imagine myself living on a ship with a whole bunch of other guys in a bunk that is this wide for three months. I decided that that probably wasn't the, op the best option for me. And then I had the opportunity to move to Kilgore, Texas and work for Halliburton in Kilgore, Texas. And uh, would have been better money. Would There's all these things, you know. And then I got a call from... Pastor Daryl Friend, who was pastor in this church at the time, he called me. We'd come back here on vacation, and I'd come to the church, and 
And, of course, we, we'd worked here for years. And we come back here, and he saw us, and he called me the next week and offered me a job as the worship leader and assistant pastor here at the church, making $100 a week before taxes with no benefits whatsoever. I couldn't even make my house payments for what they was offering me. And he said, I really feel like God wants you to do that. And I thought to myself, that's great, buddy. You're not the one going to be making $100 a week. <laughs> I mean, the, the job I had, I, I carried $100, you know, a few $100 bills, my billfold tucked away just, just in case I needed them for, for an emergency or something, you know. But then I was going to be moving back here, and that was all I was going to have for a whole week to make my payments to live on and everything. And I laughed. I, I, I actually laughed. Not to him. I, I said, well, thank you. I'll, I'll pray about it. I told Sister Betty she laughed. So we had a good laugh. <laughs> Two weeks later, after not being able to sleep for days, miserable. I'm not, I'm not a weeper. I mean, that's something that just doesn't happen. I went, around, I went around crying all the time. Just couldn't figure out what is wrong with me. I got so miserable I couldn't stand it. Got to where I hated my job. I hated everything about Oklahoma. Couldn't stand it. Just, just got to the point where I was absolutely miserable. And I finally told Betty, I said, I've got to go back to Missouri. And so we packed up everything we had and moved back here to be worship leaders and assistant pastors for $100 a week. And then I found out that the church didn't even, uh, didn't, didn't even want to pay that $100 a week. And one man in the church offered to pay my salary. And so when I got back here, I found out that Pastor Daryl Friend was about the only person that wanted me here as worship leader and assistant pastor. So encouraging. A great welcoming. The first Sunday I walked in, I walked through the back doors there, stuck my hand out to shake somebody's hand, and they turned their back on me. Just turned their back on me. And it's like, really? You know, he made it sound like everybody wanted me. You know, I'm going to be the system. You know, I made that decision, and I made that decision because of something that was not on the outside, but something that was on the inside. And all of a sudden, I got in what I call the grip of grace, and God got a hold of my heart. So we ended up coming back here, and, and we and started our journey. Choices, and I, I don't regret it because God has, I'm, I know that I've done exactly what God has called me to do. That was, that was a long, long time ago. Had, that was uh, 37 years ago, something like that. Wow, we're not that old. I don't know how that could be. But we make, we make decisions, and those decisions, see, the reason I brought that up is there could have been a lot, I could have went a lot of different directions. If I would made one of those other decisions, then my life would have went the route that that decision took me. Amen. In front of us, all the time, are decisions. When you wake up in the morning, there are decisions that need to be made. And a lot of times, this, those decisions are to simply 
to stop your brain from running crazy. One of the greatest decisions you can make is to tell your brain, you're not going to do this to me. And the reason it does that is because the thinking is not built on a, on a foundation. you got to have a foundation. I'm giving a long pre prelim to what I'm going to be talking about today. But in, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil... That is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Now, when you look at those verses, it's promises, it's declarations. But every bit of it has to be based, if we're going to follow that, it has to be based on us deciding to accept that. You have to decide to accept it. Therefore, brethren, having boldness. You can be sitting there saying, well, I don't have boldness. You know, I'm afraid of God. So many people, you know, so many people today have an antagonistic relationship with God. They wonder why God doesn't bless them. They wonder, what, you know, why'd God let this happen to me? Where's God? All this kind of stuff. They want God to do this, and then God, God's not there. And, then, and, and they have this antagonistic relationship. They believe God is there, but they don't understand why that he's not there for them. And that relationship is built on mistrust. That relationship is built on experience in people instead of God. And when you have a relationship like that with God, it's because disappointment has been your relationship with authority figures. And so you respond to God through disappointment. Before you ever approach God, you feel disappointed because you're not sure if he's going to hear you or not. You're not sure if he's going to do that or not. And yet the Bible says here, with boldness to enter into the presence of God. Well, how can you do that? How can you enter in with boldness when everything in your brain is screaming, don't trust him? Because my experience says, don't trust him. You know, believe in God, ask God, but, but make sure you keep God at a distance because, because you don't want him, you know, he'll hurt you. And that's what we believe. So to enter in with boldness, to enter in the presence of God with boldness means that we have resolved those issues. And the only way to resolve those issues is to understand how you're able to enter into the presence of God in the first place. It says through the blood of Jesus Christ, through a new and living way. In the Old Testament, the way into God was through death and through sacrifice. In the New Testament, Jesus paid the price, but he was raised again as Lord of lords and King of kings. So the, the, the entrance that we have into the presence of God is not through the sacrifice of, and, and death, but it's through the, through the sacrifice, death, and resurrection to life. And so it's a new and living 
way. It's not an old way. It's not a dead way. It's a new and living way. So we have a living representation at the throne. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne, making intercession for us. So we have a, we have a new and living way. We have a representative representing us. He was spotless. He was blameless. He was, he was acceptable to God. And so when we come before God, the Bible says that we come in Christ. So to come in Christ means that we come before the Father and we are represented by Jesus Christ. In other words, God sees us through Jesus. And when he sees us through Jesus, we are spotless and blameless. You've got to believe that in order to have boldness to enter in the presence of God. You've got to be convinced of that. Now, if you constantly cycle that and say, well, yeah, but what if this? Well, what if? Well, what if? The what ifs in life will drive you absolutely out of your mind. There are so many what ifs. You know, what if this would have happened? What if that would have happened? What if my parents hadn't moved back here from California when I was five years old? If they hadn't moved back here from California, if they had made that decision, I would have never met Betty. And she would have missed the greatest blessing in her life. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful being the, speak, the one speaking because you can turn it the way you want it, you know. But that would have, it would have never, so many things would have never happened. But yet, when we understand that God we're putting our choices in God's hands. And when we are following after God, then we understand that God, you know, it, it wasn't easy for my parents to move back here. They were, they were doing good in California. They moved back to Missouri. And there was an old song back then, back when people used to, was all migrating to California out of this place. And all the people from Missouri used to sing this, Misery, I hear you calling me. It wasn't Missouri, it's misery. And there's a reason, because there wasn't much back here. Yeah, there wasn't much back here <laughs> at all. Hardly any jobs, hardly. I mean, you had to scratch out a living. But when we are following hard after God, then we, you know, so many things had to take place. You know, my mom and dad lived here, and, and they were married but then they ended up moving to California. And when they were in California, they went to a tent revival by with a evangelist named A.E. Allen. And my dad, the first night he went to that tent revival, got born again. He got saved. He got changed. He got delivered from all kinds of addictions. And, 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 and you know, what if he hadn't moved to California? I don't know. You understand what I'm talking about? God is directing our lives, and we have to make these decisions, and God is constantly trying to get us to, to make the right decisions. When we don't make the right decisions, then we hand him something that he has. You ever, I, I hate GPSs, but when I use one and you, you go the wrong direction or there's a road that's not supposed to be there or something like that, you know, it... Your, your GPS starts in recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. I wonder how many times God has to recalculate because we make a left turn when we're supposed to make a right turn. I wonder how many the angel, how many times the angels look up at God and say, "I, I, I don't know. I, I've got nothing. I, I, you know, 
I, I was trying to get them to go this way, and they went that way. I, I, don't, I don't know. And God says, okay, let's recalculate. Let's, we got to do something with this. Isn't it amazing how God continually works to get us to the place we need to be? And how long, how long do we put him off before we finally get to that place? We, you know, have, I don't know. But we, we have to come to the place where we trust him with boldness and by a new and living way. In order to have a trust, com, trust relationship with God, you've got to learn to make choices. You've got to choose to believe what the Word of God says, and that's the only way. You can't trust your feelings. You can't trust your thoughts because your thoughts are based on carnal reasoning that is, that is gathered by the things of this world, not by the revelation of God, not by the Word of God. And so our thoughts will lead us astray every time, and that's why we've been talking about discipline in the mind and bring it into a, a place of discipline where we say, no, that, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Amen. Have you ever wondered why your brain kicks on when you lay down to go to sleep at night? Because you're trying to make the, the, the transition from conscious to subconscious. And when you're trying to make that transition from, from conscious to subconscious, your, tr your subconscious begins to play out scenarios, the what-ifs. And none of that is built on a foundation because it's all future tense. Everything that doesn't have a foundation of, of now will run crazy and run wild and start running scenarios. When you start running scenarios, you have entered into a realm that cannot be solved. There is no way to solve those things. Worry is the ruminating about an issue that you have no control over because it's future and you can't control future. And so when you worry all the time, it's because you are living in what could happen tomorrow and therefore forfeiting today, which you actually have a foundation for. The choices that we make are very important. Amen. I mean, we, we make choices. Of, I'm, I made a couple of choices this week that wasn't, wasn't good because I'm getting older. <laughs> I put out a little too much energy, exerted myself way too hard trying to pull a covering over, over some wire that wasn't coming, and, and, and I, I got aggravated. Any of y'all ever get aggravated? I mean, I, I don't throw fits, but I got aggravated. And so I grabbed hold of this, and I just took off. And I mean, I was plowing and, and pulling, and it was moving. We were going. Junior was there. I surprised him. And so I moved, I moved it quite a ways. I mean, it was, it was going to move, and it was going to happen right now, and, and it was going to, you know, I, I was done with this. And when I was younger, I could do that kind of stuff and, and have no consequences. But, but after I, I pulled it for quite a ways, uh, all of a sudden, uh, everything started turning dark. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't get enough oxygen. 
I was panting. I was trying to get my breath. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And everything was getting dark. And my heart felt like a pump that had, that had lost prime, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to get my breath, and I can't get my breath because my lungs are already full. And all of a sudden I thought, exhale, stupid. And so I've been over and forced myself to exhale and start trying to, trying to fill my lungs with air. And it took me a while to recover. I don't think I ever did recover from it. I'm still panting today. <laughs> I'm still winded. That was a bad choice. And it was a bad choice because I didn't have the resources to accomplish what I chose to do. And so I run out of resources and had to try to, I kept thinking, they, some of them guys down there already started calling me old man. That, you know, that ain't going over too good. Of course, I am the oldest one down there. But, and uh, so the thought that went through my mind is, I'm going to just kill over right here on the parking lot and prove that I'm the old man. That, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. So I fought with everything in me to just to stay focused and get oxygen. And, but it was a choice that I made, and that choice affected my life. It could have affected my life in some really bad ways, but it didn't. I mean, what if, what if I had passed out? I'd have hit the pavement face down, and then I, I wouldn't have been able to cover it up. You know, it would have been it. I would have wore it right here. So that, it's been a week of that. I've made several bad choices. It was that one, and then I pulled too hard again, and it let go, and I, I hit on my backside and then tumbled down a, down an inclined sidewalk. I thought, wow, that's great, because I was sore all over. I knocked my back out of place. I had to lay down on the pavement and try to get my back back in place. <laughs> then I've been chased at night. My son has a cow that keeps getting out. I couldn't figure out where he's getting out. He lives in Springfield. And the neighbors would call me and say, we've got a cow every night at 9, between 9 and 9.30. I mean, this, this cow was on a clock. 9, 9.30, I had to go, you know, and, and chase this thing through the field and, and get it back in. And so Friday evening, I finally got some time when it's still daylight, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. And I went, and I, and I was searching the fences, and I just I found this place where, where uh, some contractors come through clearing right away and they didn't they didn't put the fence back they just they tore it all to pieces and just left it there so that's how that's how it's getting out and and so at that point i had to make a choice to forgive them <laughs> so our, our choices are, are extremely important in life and while i was building that there was a dead cedar tree laying there with a limb sticking up and i get you know thinking I'm still 20. I grab hold of this limb. It's in my way, and I go to break it off. Well, it, did, it cracked, but it didn't break. And so I, you know, reason in my mind, it, takes, it needs more force. And so I, I really hit it hard, you know, and this stuff doesn't happen to me. I don't fall down. And I shoved it real hard, and my feet could not catch up with my head, and I went face first into the ground, rocks, everything just went plowing in the ground. I got up and I thought, good night. What is wrong with this week? See, every day we make choices. And some days we make good choices, some days we make bad choices. But our life is determined by the choices that we make. 
your life could end by the choices that you make. Amen. A lot of accidents are caused because of choices, bad choices. But if we're going to believe God, if we're going to be able to enter into the presence of God with boldness, boldness, I mean, that's amazing to enter in with boldness into the presence of an almighty God that before Jesus to enter into his presence meant meant absolute death. I mean, humanly, we can't stand his presence. We can't stand up under the presence of his glory. I mean, one man in the Old Testament just touched the Ark of the Covenant and it killed him because the power and glory of God is too strong for us. But now we're shielded and covered by the precious blood of Jesus. And the Bible says to enter boldly into the presence of God by a new and living way, by the blood of Jesus, and we have to choose to believe that. We have to choose that that's possible, and we have to choose that God wants me to come and and be with him, to talk with him. To not feel like an intruder into the presence of God. Amen. There was a time that I, I sought God for weeks until one night, he, his presence come into my house so strong that it was terrifying, literally terrifying. I thought I had trespassed into, into something I shouldn't be into. Fear gripped my heart. I was so afraid, and I, I was sh- literally shaking because I felt like I had trespassed into something that I, that, that I should not have been in. And then all of a sudden, it's like this covering came over me. And I was immediately at peace and calm and bold and we went on a journey and I saw a lot this has been years and years ago and I saw a lot of the things that I've been able to do over the last last uh, 30 years 40 years I've saw a lot of those things come to pass because I went in in the presence of God but the presence of, of God is terrifying without the holiness of Jesus But when you have the holiness of Jesus by his blood, then you can enter into the presence of God by a new and living way. And you have to make a choice. I know that by his blood I am saved and I have access. I know that he has. See, choices, having calmness, having correct thinking is not an easy thing. Your mind can run crazy with you. There's been other times we've encountered demonic presences that, 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 would be terrifying until you make the choice to know who's in charge and who has authority. Once you make the choice and you you settle that in your heart, who has authority in your life, then it's no longer terrifying because you know you're covered, you know you're protected. There was one night in India, me and Sister Betty had been ministering there in some large crusade meetings and and we'd been encountering a lot of demonic power and, and would cast the devil out of, out of a lot of people. I mean, it was just like, we're stacking them up like cordwood. I mean, you know, just there were so many uh, in this meeting, and it was just one after another after another. And But God was meeting us. I mean, the power of God was present, the authority of God, and, and those demon spirits were, were coming out immediately. They would try to argue, and I'd just tell them to shut up and come out, and they would come out immediately. And it was, it was a blessing. It was awesome. 
But then one night, how many know that the enemy always likes to retaliate? He always tries to get you to change your thinking. And the way he, he retaliates is to try to intimidate you and get you to change your thinking. Because if you change your thinking, then he can manipulate you into doing, making wrong choices. But as long as you're making right choices and you're letting the Holy Spirit guide your thinking, you're making good choices, then he can't, he can't manipulate you. And so one night during this meeting, me and Sister Betty, we, we uh, had went to bed. I don't know what time it was. It was in the middle, in the middle of the night sometime, day here, but night there. And it was in the middle of the night. We were sound asleep. And all of a sudden, I woke up, and it felt like an elephant was on top of me. I mean, I was being smashed into the bed, and I couldn't breathe. It was shoving, smashing the air out of my lung. And didn't know till the next morning Sister Betty experienced the same thing at the same time. And, and that would be terrifying. I mean, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm just, you know, like this huge elephant is sitting on top of me, and I can't breathe. I can't get my breath. And normally, that would be terrifying. But when you know who you are and you know what authority you have, it's not terrifying because you know you're okay. And, and instead of getting shook up and afraid, and, and I just, in, in my heart, I couldn't talk, couldn't speak. But in my mind, I thought, devil, I've cast you out over and over and over this week, and you're going to leave now in Jesus' name. And we just, I just come against it. Found out later that Sister Betty was doing the same thing. And we just come against it and then went back to sleep and slept the rest of the night. We didn't get up and shake it. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, my, there's demons, there's devils, and all this kind of No, we just went back to sleep. Next morning, woke up. I told Sister Betty what had happened. She said, yeah, I, I, I experienced the same thing. And normally, you know, if, if the devil could have got us to get into fear and think, oh, no, he's, he's here to hurt us. He's come back. He's here to hurt us. If we have that attitude, if we allow him to manipulate our thinking, then he can control our decision-making and our choices, and we will not go into the presence of God. Instead, we will run from the presence of God. Because you won't be bold, you won't be confident, you won't, you'll lose your faith and confidence in who you are and what you have access to. But when you know you have access, then it doesn't matter what's happening, you can, you can go right into the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. So the next day we got up and I thought, okay, you, we're going we're gonna to get you tonight. Amen. You come and try to, try to pull that stuff on us, oh, you've had it. Praise God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do even more tonight. Praise God. Because you, you make a choice. You make a choice to believe. You make a choice to understand. You cannot, as long as you ruminate, as long as you, as long as you let your thinking go circular, think, feel, think, feel, think, feel, think, feel, you're never going to get things settled in your heart. you got to think, feel, choose. Amen. Everything in your life has to be think, feel, choose. If you don't choose, then you're never going to be able to resolve the thing that's taking control of your life. And your brain will absolutely run crazy with you. Especially when you've had things in your life that has traumatized you, if you or anxiety or depression. You know, depression is nothing depression and anxiety is so full of lies. It's nothing but lies. It's your brain freaking out because it doesn't feel like it has a foundation.
it isn't confident. Your brain isn't confident and it's not secure. And therefore, you freak out. Your brain just starts freaking out. You know, it's hard. It's very difficult. I remember when I got out of the hospital eight years ago and they backed me down off this real strong medicine that, you know, I've, if, if you just come off of it all one time, you can actually die from coming off this stuff. And they backed me down slowly off of this stuff. And, they'd, I mean, they'd been pumping it intravenously and, and I think like four pills a day and all this kind of stuff trying to stop those seizures. And... I'd, I'd never experienced anything like that. But my mind betrayed me. It went crazy. I mean, literally. <laughs> There's times I'd wake up in the middle of the night and, and my brain would absolutely be going crazy. And I wouldn't know what was up. I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would, I would be shaking. I'd be trembling. I, I'd be sweating. And, and I, couldn't, I couldn't get a grasp of reality. I couldn't get a grasp on what was going on. I couldn't figure out what was happening. And my brain was betraying me. But you know what? I had a confidence in somebody that I'd made choices for. And so I would make a choice in the middle of that chaos. I would make a choice that I am okay because Jesus has me. I'm safe. God has me. And I was able to walk through that and come out of that because I had made choices that regardless of what happened, I my confidence was in God. Amen. Praise God. Regardless of what was happening. Amen. I refused to run back to the doctor's and try to figure this thing out because I knew what was going on. And so God was able to help me get a grasp on that and, it, and, and overcome that. It took, a long, it, took, it took a long time. It was not an overnight success. You know, we, we, love, we love to zap it and, and clap it. I don't know where that come from. I just come up with zap it and clap it. I'm going to say that from now on. We, we, like, we, like, we like to get zapped by God, then we applaud him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That don't always happen. It took, it took months, months to walk this thing out. I spent a lot of sleepless nights full of terror. I mean, literally terrorized. I would wake up with so much fear and just terror that I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And yet there was something inside of me that was stable. And it was the power of Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit. It was that blood. It was that choice that I'd made to have faith in God and to serve Him. And that stability would always overcome the terror. Amen. It might, it might take a little bit. Sister, Sister Betty couldn't sleep. I mean, she'd be up with me praying, and we'd, we'd pray and seek God, and it would overcome. The power of God would always overcome that. Amen. What an amazing thing. Praise God. Not only that, but I was able to walk out of that. And, and I've, been, I've been medicine and seizure-free now for eight 
nine years. Nine years. Amen. And you're talking about fear because they couldn't explain to me why they were happening. And, and they, they couldn't promise me that they wouldn't come back. That's a fearful thing. It's like, when's it going to happen? It can happen in the middle of the night. It can happen, you know, I could be driving down the road. When, when's this, when is it going to happen? But there's a choice that you make, and that choice brings confidence into your spirit that God's going to get me through this. Amen. I'm not, you know, every time I talk about this, people get all whacked out. You're saying, oh, don't take, if I have seizures, don't take the medicine. Hey, you need to just you need to work on getting confidence in God. Stop that, stop worrying about the medicine. Get confidence in God. Amen. <laughs> you need to do what I'm talking about. Quit letting your brain jump out. You know, evil can evil couldn't make the jumps that a lot of you make it mentally in this stuff. Amen. You go you go from not even trusting God to I'm gonna believe God and quit my medicine. Well, no, you ain't. Because you don't even know him. You don't even trust him. And now you're going to trust him in something this big? Amen. Listen, if you've not been able to, if you not been able to cast down headaches, don't try to take on cancer with your faith because you ain't got any. Build it up. Right now, while things are going good, build your house because you can't build a house in the storm. And right now is when you build the confidence. See, if I hadn't had confidence prior to this thing happening, I wouldn't have been able to have the confidence in the thing. Oh, this is good preaching. By a new and living way. By a new and living way. You say, Pastor, you mean that doesn't bother you anymore? <laughs> oh, there's days that it shakes me. Come on, somebody. There's days that it shakes me. There's days that I have, this, I have symptoms, but I have a confidence in somebody. Amen. Because of that confidence, now for nine years I've been able to walk out of this thing and recover little by little by little, and, and to the point that, that I've recovered my motor skills. I've recovered, I've recovered everything that was affected, I think, except being able to stand up. I just can't seem to stand I seem to fall down all the time. <laughs> that has nothing to do with me getting close to 60. It's just, you know, just happening. But making choices. Today you made a choice. You made a choice to come here and to worship God and to hear the Word. Now that choice wasn't just random. You made that choice, and that choice was directed by the Holy Spirit there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole bunch of empty seats in here of people that made a choice not to come. So choices were made today. Amen. So we got to make a choice today of whether we're going to have confidence in God or whether we're not going to have confidence in God. And we got to make a choice today of whether we're going we're to ruminate the rest of our lives or whether we're going to start making choices. Christianity is about choices. It's not about just how you feel about something. We have a tendency to, Christians have a tendency to wear their emotions and their feelings on their sleeve and everything's about how I feel. No, it's not. It is not about how you feel. 
Matter of fact, that's, that's, the biggest, that's the best way to shipwreck your life that there is, is to go on how you feel. Amen. You know, I just, don't feel, I, just, I just don't feel like God's answering my prayers. Well, quit feeling. And start knowing. Make choices. Amen. Praise God. What, what's the old, uh, they got it from Job, the old song they used to sing back in the 50s in tent revivals. Though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. I will then come forth as gold. I mean, it's a choice. It's not about how I feel about this thing. It's a choice. Amen. There's a song that's been going over and over in my spirit. This must be the this this must be the Sunday for old songs. This this week, there's a song that's been uh, speaking to my heart constantly, and I've I've sung it and listened to it over and over and over, and and I don't even. You know, I don't, I don't understand where I had to get the words and try to look it up and try to understand it. But it's talking about trusting in the, old, in the cross, making a choice, and trusting Him, no matter what it cost. I believe. In a hill called Mount Calvary, I believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, I'll still cling to the old rugged cross. That song is all about choice. In other words, it's saying no matter what happens, I'm going to cling to Jesus. I'm going to cling to his word. I'm going to cling to the cross. Though when earth has surrendered and time is no more, I'll still cling to the old rugged cross. Amen. The cross of Jesus. where The debt was paid for us and where life became possible. The choices that we make in our life are so important. This message changed about 10 minutes before I got up here to preach. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, I want you to talk about choices today. I want you to take, talk about decisions. I was going to talk about entrance in and the weapons of world warfare, but the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about choices because we have to make a choice to believe. We have to make a choice to trust. And our choices determine our path. Wrong choices can get you into a lot of trouble. But there comes a time when you have to stop and start making good choices. Amen. Make good choices. Not what I feel. Not the circling in my head. The random circling. The what ifs. The what, what if I'd have done this. What shoulda, coulda, woulda. 
That stuff will drive you out of your mind. But you have to just simply stop and say, you know, I know the facts. I know what God says. And I'm going to just place my faith and trust in that. That's where I'm going to go. Amen. Praise God. That's where I'm going to go.